Alright, good morning. Welcome back, listeners everywhere. Today is January, Wednesday, January 11, 2023. 1-1-1-2023. Uh, uh, talking with a client friend yesterday about his experience in a meditative meditation retreat um, in Thailand recently, uh, he presented um, their teachings on um, a Buddhist term that was not that familiar to me, but it's actually critical in terms of the practice of meditation and development of what's called insight. The term is sampajana, sampajanya, jan, uh, janya, sampajanya, um, which is variously translated, uh, which is um, at the heart of uh, the goal of mindfulness meditation, the goals of mindfulness meditation, the movement towards uh, completed uh, wisdom. So we have sila samadhi prajna, right? Morality and, and right conduct, right speech, right action, right livelihood as sila samadhi as concentration, calm abiding equanimity that is developed basically through meditation and um, a detached lifestyle, meaning renunciate, uh, renunciate from desires to a large degree. <clears throat> that goes to panya, prajna, Srila Samadhi prajna, prajna, Sanskrit of Pali, panya. Well, panya or prajna, commonly called wisdom, which I've talked about a lot, and the etymology as pratnya, the way I'd read it is pratnya, boiled down as advancing realization. <clears throat> or advance uh, realization or nya like gnosis uh, aj nya chakra six chakra mm-hmm. so the realization uh, realization or awareness of uh, truth beyond beyond illusion on the move or in a in, in motion uh, conceptual designations of reality as wisdom you know wisdom as knowing what do you mean knowing? Uh, being able to um, comprehend or conceive, co- rightly conceive reality, while conception may be illusory. There's a sort of better and worse <laughs> quality or, or potential for the uh, articulation of reality in words and concepts. Uh, uh, but there's mundane and supermundane, and supermundane wisdom is insight you know, vipassana meditation as insight meditation. So today what I want to do in a kind of uh, slapdash and uh, down dirty way is uh, talk on the Buddhist term sampajana and the text, the the, uh, description of this video that I'm working from that hasn't been completed yet is advanced mindfulness meditation Foundations of Mind, Purification, and Release. I mean, what's Buddhism all about? Well, there's Dhammapada 183. That's the gecko. Dhammapada 183, talking about what I would say is the core um, Buddhist message, which is translated various ways, um, avoid or put down harmful activity, ahimsa, don't do evil, which is basically Shila which means right speech, right action, right livelihood, then uh, do good, 
which really means develop virtue and merit, which particularly is generosity. <clears throat> and, you know, again, right speech, right action, a right livelihood, uh, avoiding wrong, bad conduct, harmful conduct, ah, uh, ahimsa, uh, or himsa, you know, avoiding uh, harm to self and other, then doing good for self and other, or generosity and what, what generates merit, so-called good karma. And then finally purify mind. So avoid evil and harm, uh, develop virtue and um, goodness, and purify mind. The purify mind is where we go from Shila to Samadhi and Prajna. Uh, Samadhi and Prajna uh, basically is mind training of meditation, sati, mindfulness, meditation. That leads to Prajna or Panya, wisdom, insight. Super mundane wisdom is the Prajna meant at the end of Samadhi. <laughs> now, if you're still with me, that's great. And so, comments on the Buddhist term Sampajana, advanced mindfulness meditation, because I mean, when you develop concentration, Shamatha, or calm abiding, you know, cal- Samadhi as calm abiding, Samatha as uh, serenity, equanimity, Upekka, coming naturally from, you know, stabilized concentration in meditation. What comes next? What's the difference between Buddhism and uh, Hinduism or uh, yoga practice? What's the big difference? And of course, Buddhists, every Buddhist knows that Gautama came to realize the, the undesirability, ultimate. I mean, while, while there's temporary value, there's no um, abiding value in attaining high states of mind that are temporary because they are still uh, Anicca Natadukkha, Gautama having mastered the formless jhanas under you know, the greatest or some of the great yogis of his day in his area in northern India, finding that even though he could attain experienced four formless jhanas, higher trances, uh, <clears throat> there was always an end to them, and he returned to this still sense of selfhood. Identity was not uh, vanquished. There was not essential freedom. There was still the experience of impermanence, still the experience of uh, dukkha or stress. So stress, even though he was in those formless jhanas, and that's what he was taught by the Hindu Vedantic teachers of, of his day, of his area, still he came back after, as they were all impermanent, um, there was the resumption of a sense of self and the resumption of some stress. That ain't the goal, <laughs> that you get something and then come back to stress and some kind of endless self-referentiality of a sense of self. That ain't liberation. So, <coughs> the uh, way to Nibban or Moksha or liberation or absolute, complete, perfect enlightenment that Gautama pioneered and distinction to the great yogi masters of his day at his time in his place was the understanding of um, uh, the three marks and uh, particularly their application to the five skandhas. And so the next line here is the association between concentration and insight 
meaning shamatha and vipassana, or dharana concentration leading to samadhi, and upekka and uh, shamatha serenity, equanimity coming out of concentration, quiet mind, non-proliferation of sankara. Uh, that's all the result of concentration, but that doesn't liberate. Uh, it's vipassana or insight or super mundane wisdom that liberates. And this is associated with seeing the three marks in the five skandhas. Hmm? <clears throat> seeing the reality of anicca dukkha in the five clinging aggregates or the constituents of the sense of self. That there's truly a sense of self doesn't mean there's truly a substantial identity uh, selfhood. You know, higher self is not a self. In the same way that ego is illusory, it's simply a term used for a particular sense of self associated with third chakra blockage. But even when there's no more third chakra blockage, there's still Atman or higher self that hasn't, which is an attainment of awareness or unified self consciousness, the consciousness of unity, awareness of unity with identity, the identity associated with awareness of unity. While prior to higher self, there's uh, the sense of self <laughs> without the awareness of unity or with a common sense of duality, subject-object. I'm here and you're there and never the twain shall meet. Inner, outer, self and object, self and other, subject-object, all that. Dualism, right? So moving towards non-duality <clears throat> um, requires um, insight, not simply uh, regular experience of formless jhanas. And this is huge Difference Now, that, I wouldn't say that, that Advaita Vedanta doesn't know that. Um, and in fact, Advaita Vedanta and Adi Shankara took a lot from Mahayana Buddhism and Buddhist principles a thousand years ago. But <clears throat> I wouldn't, I would, all I would say is that <laughs> those teachers that Gautama went to didn't understand um, real moksha, it seems. That's what Gautama said. And what he came to recognize is uh, there is a way <clears throat> to uh, put an end to the experience of returning to a stressful uh, sense of self after impermanent um, jhanas. And so he would go into the jhanas and come out and realize this can't be uh, absolute freedom. And the way he found, presumably, to absolute freedom is Anichanatadukkha, or the Eightfold Path, and uh, the movement from concentrative uh, concentration uh, meditation to insight meditation. And so this is uh, also the difference between book learning and direct experience. And so what I want to um, go to, this may be two-part or not, I'll see. These, these are enormous topics that are worthy of hours of commentary and discussion. Uh, <clears throat> there are several sources for discussion of Sampajana that I'd like to bring in. Wikipedia, Sutta Central, Wisdom Library, and Parayati.org. Good stuff, actually. I found some really nice stuff, particularly... Uh, I never knew this. It's Sutta Central, and there's actually a source collection just on the term Sampajana. Uh, and they say rightly, Sampajana is one of the key terms in meditation, Buddhism, 
but there's not much to find out about it. All right, because there are not many people reading English translations of Pali or Buddhist authors who are uh, currently making the transition uh, from mindfulness to insight or are in the stage of uh, developing insight from their well-established concentration and uh, samadhi. (laughs) So these are insight, this kind of insight, which in many ways uh, could be loosely, you know, uh, termed or tagged as seeing the three marks in the five skandhas which sounds weird, but actually, if it's unpacked, you'll see that that's pretty accurate. Uh, there are not many people who who, who know that. They, you know, the, uh, the sad state of uh, beginner teachings of uh, Vipassana and Buddhism in the West at the current time. The decline of the Dharma is uh, well underway. So one of the key terms in meditation... Uh, very much related to sati or mindfulness, totally related to um, the development of insight. And the development of insight is what liberates. It's what moves the being, the the sense of self, (laughs) the one that meditates, the one that seeks uh, this one here, uh, from, uh, from increasingly pleasurable temporary experience, still dukkha, to um, a freedom from bondage to continued seeking of uh, intrinsically stressful, pleasant, or purified experience. Uh, I like purified, pleasant experience too, but that's not of liberation because it's impermanent and thus stressful. And even the experience itself is anatta or insubstantial and empty. Uh, Babylon will never be my home. So uh, there is no permanent home in the dimensions of light, 31 planes or seven densities, no matter how you call it. And so it's one of the key terms in meditation, but there's not much to find out about it because there are not many people who are ready for that advanced teaching. And he said, this is from uh, Discourse Sutta Central. Since there are no specific scholarly articles about it, this wiki is dedicated to shed some light on the otherwise under underdeveloped recognition for the term. And I, you know, there are deficiencies in my own training, and this was not a term that I <clears throat> um, had, uh, you know, I'm familiar with, that my friend, having done the retreat, was exposed to and taught uh, anent, as Bailey would say, anent, sampajana uh, teaching was given, which again is how concentration goes to insight, <clears throat> how liberation attainment liberation is attained, how moksha freedom is is gained in a sense gained by who <laughs> gained by nobody uh, is gained by the logos <laughs> by the source of light. The source of light gains freedom from identity. Another one bites the dust, or another one leaves the dust. Another one leaves the dust. So another expression of the one leaves the dust of continued reincarnation in in the fields of light called uh, galaxies and stars and dimensions and 31 planes. So, interestingly, <clears throat> bang, right at the start, uh, 
from this Sutta Central page says, Sampajana has no direct Vedic parallel. Right. Because Gautama brought something that was not available from the Vedas. Right. It's a reformulation or a <clears throat> refinement of Vedic teaching. Uh, that's why they had to talk about um, Advaita Vedanta. Why, why? Why is Vedanta not Advaita? It's uh, isn't it non-dual? Well, no, <laughs> or yes and no, and so it's a dualism, which um, is you know maintenance of the perception of self and other, or the sense of self, or inner outer, or time and space wasn't fully squarely addressed. The freedom from dualism wasn't wasn't f- squarely addressed uh, in the Vedanta in the Vedas. Perhaps I'm not any expert on the Ved- the Vedas, but <clears throat> uh, obviously <laughs> some very um, learned Brahmins, um, Adi Shankara and uh, his teachers, and later felt the need to bring the word Advaita into the discussion of Vedanta. Uh Because, presumably, Vedanta wasn't sufficiently Advaita. And that's why they called it Advaita Vedanta. And that that meaning non-dual Vedanta, or moving beyond dualism, beyond relativity. And that's why Sampajana has no direct parallel, because in the Vedic literature that obviously Adi Shankara and the others felt needed to be re-termed as Advaita Vedanta, there was not a discussion of Sampajana or this type of practice leading to insight and liberation from um, attachment to the impermanent. So Samya, Samya, and that's the same Nya as Gnosis or Ajna or Jnani, Jnani, it's some ya, and he t- talks about many sources here to agree or bring harmony from Vedic, to acknowledge panini or to know well Ramayana. So know well, some is the same as samyuk uh, samyuk samadhi. Uh, I forgot the term, but it's uh, I think it's the same as um, uh, right. Uh, Samavaka, right speech, you know, right speech, right action, right livelihood. The right is a translation of the word sama, and sama, the root is sam, like samvid, vid as vidya, where the opposite is avidya, vidya as knowledge or knowing, or um, uh, awareness of reality, knowing of reality, beyond concept, of course. <laughs> Is samvid, same as samnya, and uh, the root, that root of sampajana, um, is right, right realization in a sense, right gnosis, and then samprajna, back to prajna, right? To distinguish, to discern, to know accurately. This is from Mahabharata and Patanjali. So samprajna, which like right prajna, right wisdom. Uh, rightly discerning. So you've got samnya and samprajna and sampajana. It's not the same jhana as uh, the trance's jhana. It's sampayana in some sense. So it's, it's 
back to the same um, curious uh, association between yana and prajna. Uh, yana and pratna. This is, you know, <laughs> take it to the bank. Uh, they'll cash you a big check. Uh, wisdom as a uh, as <clears throat> a manifestation of realization. The greatest wisdom, or true wisdom, certainly supramundane wisdom, re, you know, knowing samvit, the wisdom we can call samvit, or moving towards samvit, is uh, that which comes from some recognition of non-duality or reality beyond concept. And the way to move to a realization of, of phenomena or reality, which is you know beyond concept, direct experience, not book learning, um, is uh, you know satipatthana is mindfulness practice taken to the ultimate uh, of realization, samvid, realizing what is sam right vid, which is samnya, which is samprajna, all of the same, samnya, in some senses, right realization or he wrote here is a knowing well, right knowing, is um, <clears throat> the heart of some prajna or some vid. This is all the same some, right or true, distinguishing, discerning, knowing, recognizing. Then you have Pali sampa jana or uh, janya. Sampa means intensifying or completing. Sam, so sampa is not the same as sam. So sampa. Sampa, jana. Sampa is intensifying or completing. And yana is not, again, it's jana. It's not J-H or it's J-A, knowing or understanding. So it's all related to, you know, the same as yani, the the yani as the knower. We're all here, we're, we're talking about knowing. And we're talking about intensified, accurate knowing. We're talking about knowing by direct experience. That will inevitably be you know expressed in concept when we speak of it but uh, there's a saying that I thought was in the raw material <laughs> I didn't find it so I don't know where it came from but it came it's in the uh, the burrows of my mind uh, something like the fact of all experience is timeless but the act of knowing which means conceiving occurs in time and space so time and space, is uh, resumed in the by the conceptual um, act of knowing and seeking to formulate into concept or then word kalpana uh, the ineffability or the inconceivability of direct experience, the act of knowing and the fact of um, its expression, the the fact of or the fact of knowing and the act of expression, the fact of knowing, the fact of all experience is timeless. The, what's happening in the present moment uh, <clears throat> is not the same as our conception of it. There's direct experience and then afterwards conception and expression. There's living in the moment and then talking about living in the moment. There's here, <laughs> there's tat, there's such, and then there's the conceptualizations of such. Right? The concept of light, the uh, act of conceiving uh, direct experience is in time and space, while the fact of uh, this moment, such, 
this one here, um, is distinct from the act of exp- uh, of conceiving and expressing, you know, conceptualizing and expressing that. And so this nya or yana, j a. It's not. The, it's it's more the root of uh, yana than jhana. But so jhana as a trance and yana as a realization, knowing, direct knowing. The sampa has to do with intensified and completed. Completed, intensified, and completed knowing. Knowing of what? Knowing essentially that the five skandhas um, are of the three marks. Knowing that form and body, feelings in the body, perceptions of the body and perceptions of mind, perceptions of anything, perception of thought, perception of objects, perception of body, and then sankara, fourth skanda, uh, fermentations, thought forms, conceivings, and then subjectivity itself, the stain of the conceit of uh, identity, the fanciful conceit, uh, imaginative fanci- the imaginative fancy of identity, uh, vijnana, consciousness. All five of those constituents of the sense of self, the skandhas, the upadana skandhas, the clinging aggregates, skandhas as aggregates or heap, the clinging aggregates, five skandhas, are anicca It's all of impermanence, and what is, appears to be impermanent is even not quite there, because what appears to be a substantial in process of change is not a substantial in the process of change. It appears to be. <clears throat> it appears to be we perceive oh, the we perceive substantiality and we perceive that that substantiality is changing that means we experience you know substantiality and we experience it changing in many cases we don't real, realize that deeply that it always changes but in fact there's no substantial it that's even changing that's an ichanata and all of that is very stressful <laughs> And so taking the insubstantial as substantial, taking the impermanent as permanent, uh, is stressful. <laughs> and nary a, a abiding eternal selfhood identity in that can be found. So common translations of sampajana, samprajna, it's very close to samprajna, sampajana, clear comprehension, full awareness, Situational awareness, clear awareness, clear knowing, alertness. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if that's best. Uh, I I would you know it's the the compound is sam and or sampa, sampajana or sam pajana. Sounds like pajamas, but right pajamas. When you have your right pajamas on. It's like it's like those five-year-old boys who walk around the world in their pajamas with a very happy face. I have great respect. Uh, the whole world is their bedroom. The whole world is their den where they feel at ease, hopefully, or at best. Um, the the sage um, is ever in his pajamas, <laughs> which is a sam pajama. His sam pajamas are. Um, have no direct Vedic parallel. <laughs> and that has no parallel in Buddhist teaching as well that uh, you'll hear from others. So Sampajana is uh, akin to the realization of 
uh, some pajamas where you're so well uh, the whole world or there's no outer anymore. Uh, there's no threat anymore. <laughs> you can walk around freely with no sense of threat and fear. Total fearlessness. Total fearlessness is only possible for those who are finished with uh, anatta or atta. You know, uh, only only freedom from identity um, gives total free total total fearlessness. So, I would say that while sampajana has no direct par- Vedic parallel, um, you might consider its uh, meaning as sampajamas um, rightly. Um, rightly attained freedom from fear um, so that you can feel real comfortable uh, walking around um, akin to the, the boy in his pajamas um, with nary a care. I'm not there, but I can see it ahead in the, he- in the headlights. So clear comprehension or, or clear awareness, clear, clear, clear is all there, Sampa. And so Sampa, uh, Sampa Jana as clear Jana but again, it's not yana. Uh, it's it's basically um, it's not a heck of a lot different than sati, as far as I can tell. Comprehension and awareness and um, three of these six here say awareness, and uh, Annalaya calls it clear knowing. Again, it's a recognition. It's um, attentiveness, that's why Tanisaro called it alertness. It's just like sati, except it's, um, there's wisdom in it. There's, uh, there, it's not simply aware of phenomenal display and it's arising, persisting, passing away. It's awareness of the deeper significance of all the phenomena that arises, persists, and passes away. The real-time impermanence of all phenomena um, known as um, empty and anatta and dukkha, knowing that in real time is close to the difference between sampajana and sati. Where sati is considered just pure recognizing, uh, just awareness of what's going on. So it's it's kind of subtle, and I can't say I have a essential final understanding of it either. Now we're at thirty minutes out. Um, just I'm going to circle back, as Jen said, to some of that uh, from Wisdom Library, Sampajana's contemplation of all physical and mental phenomena in order to know them vividly. <laughs> it's it's a contemplative awareness of you know nama rupa physical form it's really of the body so it's of uh, mindfulness of the body right as opposed to mindfulness of feelings and mindfulness of sankara and mindfulness of um, phenomena mindfulness or contemplation of um, phenomenal particularly bodily and mental process to know them rightly. It's not vividly, it's rightly. Insight, sama, sana, uh, clarity of consciousness. You see, then you get all these funky terms. 
Clarity of consciousness. Ooh. Sounds like a static achievement. No. It's actually a real-time recognition of phenomena, but it's not associated with thinking. Sati is not thinking about um, a ten, uh, of mind. It's not a thinking about process. The meditator, the yogi, practicing breath mindfulness, you know, anapanna sati, the sati of anapanna, uh, is not thinking, oh, now I, now the breath is in, now the breath is out, now it's long, now it's short, now it's good, now it's bad. Now those thoughts happen. But sati is not um, uh, the generation and contemplation of those thoughts regarding uh, ana and pana, in-breath, out-breath, or out-breath, in-breath. It's not about thinking, it's about knowing. And that's why these people, everybody has a hard time, because knowing commonly is associated with conceptual formulation. How do you know it? I know it. Or because I can talk about it. Or uh, I know, you know, uh, I know the refrigerator is brown or green or something. This is a conceptual formulation of perception, but it is, there's a lot, it, it's coming out as a fermentation. It's the fermenting of, um, <laughs> of perception into thought form formulation or thought formulation. So so to say clarity of consciousness or clear comprehension, it's um, sati with wisdom. It, it, it's sati with insight. Insightful sati. <laughs> Not just awareness, but awareness with wisdom. And that, that's one of these, one of the translations here, or one person has discussed it that way. Uh uh, and then there's you know there's further discussion in Satipatthana Sutta, but uh, from Wikipedia. So just bear in mind that it's it's in some sense inextricably linked to Sati, but it's not quite the same. It's a it, it's the Sati that goes to insight, or Sati of insight, rather than simply Sati as. Um, with, without a recognition of what's being uh, perceived or attended to. So if sati, mindfulness, is non-grasping attentiveness, where attentiveness is sati, mindfulness is recognition of phenomenal uh, occurrence as it is. But it's not associated with thinking about it. And so, you know, uh, anapanasati sutta, or uh, was talking the, the, talking about the the practice of anapanasati or breath meditation, breath mindfulness. The meditator knows, the bhikkhu knows. It's not the meditator; it's actually the bhikkhu knows. The breath comes in, the breath goes out. The breath is long, the breath is short. Um, that knowing is not the same as thinking about. How can you know without thinking? <laughs> you can. But um, it's not it's it's not the same knowing that we associate with thinking. You can experience it, but when you talk about it, it all falls apart in some sense. Knowing without thinking, can you be in mindfulness while you're recognizing I'm I'm doing mindfulness? No, then you're falling into kalpana, into sankara, into uh, fermented fermented conceptions, fermenting thought forms. <laughs> So, so okay. <laughs> uh, 
it's uh, from Wikipedia. So I, I think you know many people have fallen off by this time. We've shaken off some fleas. Uh, from Wikipedia, Sampajana, a term of central importance for meditative practice in all Buddhist traditions, refers to, quote, and this is just a quote from Alan Wallace, who is a scholar more than a practitioner. But there's important truth here, and he also is very much in um, Tibetan tradition. Quote, the mental process by which one continuously monitors one's own body and mind in the practice of shamatha, right, so shamatha goes to vipassana, concentration goes to insight, uh, mindfulness, basically is a catchword in some sense for attentiveness that leads to concentration and equanimity, one-pointedness, that leads to insight or realization naturally in accord with Webu Sayadaw's perspective, and I totally agree. And Gautama also didn't, I don't believe, made such a big distinction between shamatha and vipassana, meaning uh, concentration and insight. They are different, and that's why sampajana has no Vedic parallel, because they were attaining temporary experiences of the jhanas by concentration, but not, in a sense, recognizing you know, with the samprajna or <laughs> sampanya, the significance of what, uh, of their experiencing. You see, uh, the significance is that, uh, is the three marks, is three characteristics, anichanatadukha. That's the key. That, that is, that is critical. Uh, that Gautama, the formulation of uh, Gautama's realization into the three marks teaching that is critical to insight. And particularly then, that's applied to the constitu- the you know, the uh, upadana skanda, the clinging aggregates, mm-hmm. the skandhas, uh-oh, the, the basis of the sense of self. Okay. Come on, baby. The leaf blower has been arisen. Um, and so, um, in the practice of shamatha, Alan Wallace said, its principal function of Sampajana is to note the occurrence of laxity and excitation. Fine. That's just, uh, you know, guidance for meditators in praxis. But here we're really talking about not, not, not simply making sure you're not too tight or too loose, but actually recognizing the significance of 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 phenomenal experience or the experience in any state, particularly for jhana, that all the constituents, particularly body sensation, body and its sensations, um, are impermanent, insubstantial, and stressful. And the final line, it's very often found in the pair mindfulness and introspection or mindfulness and clear comprehension. Mindfulness and... um, uh, Mindfulness and insight <laughs> is not a bad way of looking at it or putting them. So sati and sampajana, mindfulness and insight. In many ways, sampajana is, I would say, the heart of insight. Different than simply mere comprehension, or sorry, mere concentration. Different than a mere attentiveness or attending to phenomenal display the phenomena of the body and its perceptions, body and sensations and all that, thought and mind. It's not simply mindfully attending to, 
It's actually insight into um, true nature. Now, true nature is <clears throat> not the same as Anicinata Dukkha, but the realization of Anicinata Dukkha takes us um, beyond, um, beyond uh, avidya. Then you go to true nature, or reality, which is satchit, <laughs> uh, or tatsat, om tatsat, is a realization of the nature of tatsat, is moksha, is nibban, is the deathless, with the cessation of perception and vijnana, and no more sankara. So the, the five skanda set is finished, there's no more clinging. And so you can say, I would say mindfulness and insight. Insight is a word that bundles clear comprehension pretty well, and clear knowing and all that. Been variously translated to English by people who are not practitioners. <laughs> as continuity, clear comprehension, clear knowing, dot, 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 full awareness, attention, discrimination, comprehension, circumspection. That's cute. That must have been Victorian. And introspection. It's just, I, I mean, I wouldn't go with any of them, actually. I would go with the idea that it's, it's actually of insight. So back to, I hope you're having fun here. This is a fast-paced. Uh, back to Sutta Central, which is actually very fine, says... Sampajana usually appears in connection with sati, mostly in three contexts. Awareness of bodily process, so uh, mindfulness of body. Uh, the sati patana auxiliary formula, and the third jhana. <laughs> Buddhism, very high. This is all very high stuff. This is, this is teaching that meditators could use um, practitioners, not for uh, beginners. And it, it's It's... After, after one has some grasp of shila, <laughs> or capacity for shila, one does the work of samadhi and prajna, or panya. And this um, sampajana is critical to the transit from samadhi to prajna, or panya. It's critical to, to the attainment of that third uh, uh, pillar, uh, of paj- prajna or wisdom or panya, prajna, panya, wisdom, which is insight. Uh, the heart of insight is um, not much different or is uh, what sampajana is all about, it seems to me. And so it's much more than awareness of bodily processes, but awareness of bodily processes will lead, can lead to sampajana. So he puts, uh, this is a very fine page, I like it a lot. Awareness of bodily process, so the three aspects or three uh, contexts in which this term is found in the suttas. Awareness of bodily process, and it says here mostly sati sampajana, and so there's actually a term sati sampajana, not just sampajana. And so that's mindfulness insight, and in fact, that's very nice, right? (laughs) Mindfulness goes to insight, concentration goes to uh, awakening. And he writes, mostly Sati Sampajana appears as a practice consisting of an awareness of bodily processes. So Gautama taught um, insight uh, focused on awareness of body, although it can be practiced in terms of uh, mindfulness of mind as well. Similar descriptions appear in different contexts, namely the gradual training and Sati Patana, the training of, of sati. 
Majima Nikaya 10, a bhikkhus, one who acts in full awareness, and this, this, who acts with Sampajana. <laughs> yeah. So be careful. Acts in full awareness. Let's go back, and I, I imagine it's Sampajana. You see, this is what happens when they don't want to make it too complicated and lay burden down the reader. They give just the English translation. But you don't know what the original Pali terms were, unless you, you know, can figure it out. Uh, the bhikkhu acts in full awareness. No, it's the bhikkhu who's practicing sampajana. When going forward and returning, looking ahead and looking away, flexing and extending limbs, wearing robes, carrying out a robe. It's mindfulness of the body. Mindfulness of body versus mindfulness of mind. Because it's um, a very grounding first step practice. <clears throat> it's, easy, it's easier to be uh, mindful of body movement <clears throat> than it is to be mindful of, of mind process. But awareness of mind process is critical. And again, seeing the three marks in the five skandhas, in the clinging aggregates, the upadana skanda, uh, realizing the three characteristics, the three marks, in the five skandhas begins with body, right? The first of the five skandhas is body, rupa. And then we have sensation, vedna, or feelings, feeling, sensation, same. Second skanda, and this is um, mindfulness of rupa, rupa sati. <laughs> Uh, which is just simply um, step one, or the e- the largest target <laughs> for mindfulness is the big, chunky, fleshy uh, bag called the body, which is a uh, you know, manifestation of the universe. So, <clears throat> uh, mindfulness of body, which really means when you're walking, know you're walking. But the knowing is not thinking about your walking. It's actually be present, present-mindedness present moment awareness attentiveness non-grasping attentiveness when i'm walking i'm i know i'm walking i'm not daydreaming like that meanwhile thinking is essential when we have issues in life <laughs> or some degree of thinking is generally necessary and this shouldn't be uh, people imagine they can go to um, non-thinking attentiveness practices to clear problems in their life Sometimes that's absolutely not important, not helpful at all. You can't, you know, if, if you have a terrible conditions in your relationship, if you have bodily illness, if you have money problems, if you have some heavy decision to make, uh, that may not be, none of those may be resolved or improved by simply thoughtless, mindful attentiveness to when you move your body, you, you know you're moving your body going forward, returning, extending your limbs and flexing. So don't. this is not a practice that will solve relationship problems necessarily. However, the development of Sampajana, when one is attending or doing mindfulness of the body, will help a, a deepened understanding eventually of the impermanence and insubstantiality of thought and um, identity themselves. <laughs> That's the point, is that why is this useful uh, to practice sampajana or wisdom insight 
uh, when uh, in association with all physical bodily mo- motion, wearing robes, carrying robe, bowl, eating, drinking, consuming food, walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, blah, blah, blah. Now, for the person, the one who only seeks Nibban ASAP, um, you don't have relationship issues. You don't have money issues. You don't have big decisions to make. All you do is practice hour after hour after hour every single day till you're finished, <laughs> if you're of such a mind. But um, this should not be used for spiritual bypassing. Meanwhile, as I said, um, attentively, being attentive to body motion movement activities during the day when you're walk and that this is practice in walking meditation, of course. This is... Walking meditation is the um, uh, mindfulness of body practice par excellence. One is more capable of acting in sampajana or mindfulness, I'd say mindfulness insight, or in mindfulness that leads to insight in all the motions of the body, day in, day out, Going forward, returning, looking ahead, looking away, eating, drinking, defecating, urinating, standing, sitting, carrying the robe, putting down the robe. One develops that capacity for unlimited 360-degree body mindfulness and then insight by walking meditation practice, actually. And that's why it's a very important practice. Then going on, Kwan... I'm not sure who that is, in book Mindfulness in Early Buddhism, gives variation in Anguttara Nikaya 629, being mindful, a monk goes forward, goes back, stands, sits, lies down. This subject of mindfulness leads to mindfulness and full awareness. That's not a problem. That's actually key. Sati leads to Sati Sampajana. It's not that they're split. It's just that Sampajana is an outgrowth of sati, or the purpose for which sati is practiced, is the culmination of sati is sati sampajana. And that's insight, you know, mindfulness going to insight. Samadhi, shamatha, going to realization. Uh, then, okay, there's he, what he calls the satipatthana auxiliary formula <laughs> from Sujato. There's a book called The History of Mindfulness. And again, that's what Gautama brought that has no Vedic parallel. Sampajana has no Vedic parallel. The teaching of uh, insight, shamatha vipassana, or sati going to Sampajana has no Vedic predecessor. Gautama got it. From who? He got it from his friends upstairs, of course. Or he got it by himself. But it was already known before he got it, you say. It just wasn't known by him. (laughs) Of course. All that is known uh, is a recognition of, uh, of is, is a samvid. True knowing is samvid, whether it's mundane or super mundane. Uh, it's a recognition of a reality that was known to those beyond us prior to our recognition of it. So Gautama uh, formulated in direct relation to his own experience and attainment, but it was known by others before him. Then uh, this Satipatthana uh, auxiliary formula from Sujato 
appears frequently in Satipatthana contexts, and there's a lot from Majjhima Nikaya. And the translation here is uh, uh, ardent uh, tapi, clearly comprehending sampajano. That that's clearly comprehending. Again, it's um, insight knowing, mindful, satima, sati, having removed covetousness and aversion, meaning free, uh, it's non-grasping, basically. Covetousness and aversion for the world. For the world means the world of phenomena. It means the five, the upadana skanda. Upadana skanda is the world. Nama rupa is the world. Then in the context of the third jhana, so you don't have to worry about the four formless jhanas. If you can get to the third and fourth jhanas, um, insight therefrom is possible in the way it isn't from the four formless jhanas. Third jhana, third context, after being mentioned in gradual training or satipatthana practice, sampajana reappears in the third jhana, form, third jhana formula. The formula meaning um, the, the qualities of the experience of third jhana. Uh, just a second, 53. I'm definitely in the <laughs> unawareness of time here. Majima Nikaya 4, with the fading away as well as rap, the, with the fading away as well of rapture, which is pitti, I abided in equanimity. This is somebody's translation. I abided in equanimity, upeka, and mindful and fully aware, <laughs> right, sati and sampajana. It's, it, it's actually a pretty shitty con, con, uh, translation to say fully aware. It's, it's um, cognizant. It's um, reality knowing or insight knowing awareness. It's knowing, it's not f- fully, the fully aware, you know, sampa jhana or sampajana. The sam is right and true, or sampa may be intensified, knowing, awareness. That's why they keep saying clear comprehension and clear knowing. True recognition, true knowing. True knowing, or sampajana, whatever you want to call it, insight, is simply not the same as sati, but it, it comes naturally from it. And that's exactly why Webu Sayadaw is saying, don't worry about vipassana, keep developing your concentration, which is associated with sati, actually. <clears throat> if you're, you know, sati, manapana sati, sati of the anapana, goes to concentration. It doesn't go to absorption, meaning four higher jhanas. There's concentration without absorption. Uh-huh. That's because there's still an attentiveness to change. The breath comes in, the breath goes out, the breath is long, the breath is short. Even if it's not being thought about, even if you're not thinking, the breath is long, the breath is short, the breath is good, the breath is bad, I'm here breathing, I'm practicing, even those thoughts are not there. The attentive, the attend, one is attending to that which appears to be changing. There's the apparent substantiality of the apparently changing breath sensation process. Vedana comes and goes at the spot. When there's attentiveness to anapana, there's vedana at the spot, vedana sensation, feeling, so-called second skanda, that actually does itself come and go with the breath coming and going in the anapana, ana and apana, the in-breath, out-breath. The attentiveness to what appears to be 
substantial and uh, and and is truly impermanent because it does come and go. <clears throat> That's the platform by which sampajana comes naturally. And the practices of uh, body mindfulness, walking around and doing this and that, like walking meditation practice, simply settles the mind towards equanimity by the dharana concentrative practice where in daily life there's concentration on the body's motion, coming and going, lifting and dropping and shitting and pissing and everything else. Uh, mindfulness of defecation and mindfulness of urination is a very interesting practice. I've done that myself. Not defecation, but urination. <clears throat> Particularly the fact that there's a... I have practiced, I have practiced, uh, <laughs> urination sati, the an- anapanna sati, there's the uh, pipi sati, Pipisati, one would be aware that coming in, oh boy, gotta go, gotta go, that's called the pee dance. So doing the pee dance, one feels discomfort and um, desire for the release of the discomfort. Beginning the urination pee process, one feels relief and then um, uh, in decreasing pressure, you know, in the, in the bladder. Um, with that comes uh, approaching the conclusion of the release that actually I can detect in my own process, my process, the arising of some dukkha that I no longer have the pleasure of releasing discomfort. There's a sorrow. Oh, my urination is ending. Oh, my pleasure of long-anticipated uh, bladder emptying is over. The, pl- the, the thrill is gone. The, the pleasure of the uh, releasing of the pressure, that pleasure is dissipating. And one may note the dukkha of the loss of that fulfillment or happiness, <laughs> minor happiness, of the urination process. And then it's as if it never occurred there's the memory trace of what just happened. And then the mind goes on to the next thing. Now what? <laughs> so the anger type says, now what do I have to do? But this is um, uh, urination or pipi sati, which is not a bad practice, actually. And I don't make a joke, or even though I make a joke, it's not such a joke, because um, that's the way the mind is. Or at least that's the way my mind is. This is what's happening. Continual arising and passing away of sensation and thought. It's really impermanent. <laughs> Not only that, but it's as, it's as if there's nothing really there, or there isn't anything substantial to what appears to be arising and passing away. Now, only a meditator would know what, what this is all about. We can hear it theoretically, but the, the value of practice... Anapana sati or sati or satipatthana, is that you can have a direct experience of directly knowing, which is very much sampajana, direct recognition, uh, clear comprehension um, of the. It's basically a recognition that it's all impermanent, and in fact, what appears to be impermanent is even insubstantial, and it's all stressful because the whole thing is a ball of confusion and a whole lot of um, arising, persisting, and passing away. So the 
Third jhana here, with the fading away as well of rapture, which is pitti, and that occurs to different degrees. The word rapture, as an English translation for the Sanskrit or the Pali pitti, P-I-T-I, has some problems too, because it's the, the one can be in meditation in the early jhanas and I guess the teacher would say, oh yeah, that good feeling you, we'll call pitti, but it's not like you're in some ecstatic, shaking, you know, bliss. But it was, it's a, it's an, a moderate, mild form of pitti. Pitti as a rapture, P-I-T-I. Anyway, with the fading away of that rapture, which is a consciousness is leaving uh, attachment to bodily sensation, the bodily sensation of pitti. I abided in equanimity, upeka, and mindful and fully aware, which is a shitty translation, really. It, it's mindful and truly cognizant, or inciting, insightful. Sati and sampajana, still feeling pleasure with the body. Okay, but it's not rapture. I entered and abided in the third jhana. This is Gautama talking on the, the night, the, fin- the last night. On account of which, noble ones announce, quote, he has a pleasant abiding who has equanimity and is mindful. <laughs> and that's um, the bright, brightening mind, the bright, ever-brightening mind um, of the meditator, you know, a true meditator in the Buddhist tradition, who, a, a, an achieving, a meditator who's, a practitioner who's actually developing rightly. There are practitioners who are still very unhappy after 20 years. I met one client this way. I was very surprised he had done practice a long time, but he was still very unwell. Something's some, There's a problem there. Or he st- did the wrong practice. He should have been given um, a different object of concentration, like walking and or prostrations. But he has a pleasant abiding, uh, which is probably <laughs> samadhi or shamatha. He has shamatha or samadhi who has upeka and sati, equanimity and mindful. So... Equanimity and mindful attentiveness um, is very much of uh, uh, samatha uh, serenity. Serenity is a quiet mind with attentiveness. (laughs) Got it? And that'll be it for today on the third jhana. Uh, Pleasant abiding. He has pleasant abiding who has equanimity and is mindful. He who, she who is in equanimity, upeka, and awareness, attentiveness, mindfulness, sati, um, enjoys serenity. The serenity of a quiet mind uh, with attentiveness. Present, alert, aware, and peaceful, and non-proliferation, a quiet mind that doesn't keep spitting out thinking. That's serenity. So on that note, we'll end for today. I guess I'll pick this up next week, and I hope it was useful. Um, Take good care, see you next time, and good night.